Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your super sassy host, your life coach, your friend through a podcast, your colleague in medicine, you know, all the things, Dr. Aaron Wiseman. It's great to have you here today, and I'm so excited to share this interview, more like a conversation, with my friend, Dr. Michelle Chestovich. She's a wonderful lady. She's a mom of four. She's a fellow coach. She's just a joy to be around. And I'm excited for this to be her first podcast recording and that I got to do it with her. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Michelle Chestovich. Girl, it's great to have you on here finally. Oh my gosh, Erin. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I can't believe this. It's sort of a dream come true. Longtime friends, first time podcasting. Tell the people all about your fabulous self. All right. Well, thank you. I am Michelle Chestovich and I am a mom of four and a family doc. And I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I practice medicine three days a week, and I keep the home fires burning on all the other days. And I'm a coach as well. So I help other moms too. And when did you hop into the coaching world? Let's see. I certified last year, so I guess it's been about a year. Nice. And I know it kind of ties into your words. I don't want to give it all the way away, but what was... What was it that brought you into changing practice life? And by the way, I call us now hybrid physicians. Oh, yeah. I like that. You know, like we practice and we do. Other I things. really do like that. That's good. Oh, yeah. Isn't that? Doesn't make, you feel yes. badass with that? We're hybrids. We could go either way. So talk a little bit about your word. Yeah. So my word today is overwhelm. And I joke that I used to major in overwhelm. I feel that my life was stress-filled and I wasn't in control of it. Whether it was my schedule in clinic, one after another, being double booked, whether it was needing to pick up a kid here and there, extra activities, I literally started my day with my to-do list running through my head and feeling stressed out just as I was getting out of bed in the morning. Low-grade nausea, stress across my chest and tightness in my shoulders were always present. And I thought that everything around me had to change in order to get rid of that horrible feeling. Yeah. And when was this that you like came to the point like, oh, I can't do this anymore? Yeah, it was probably a couple years ago. And actually, to be fair, it was probably further back than that. And I've just done a really good job over the years trying to figure out how to temporarily feel better. I would do a little extra running. I would do some yoga. I would go to bed a little earlier. Oh, maybe if I hire a scribe, like I just won't be so stressed out. I bet if I went on a date night twice a month, my life would be peachy. So I did all of these extra things that kind of kept my head above water is how I described it. I was paddling, paddling, getting my head above water, and then I would kind of start to sink underneath. And so I feel like I carried on a long way, you know, kind of going in that direction. I became very interested in physician wellness. I went to a lot of conferences. I started a physician wellness program in my organization. So I was doing all these things to like help myself feel better as well as help those around me. But I still was looking for something outside of me to feel better. Mm, Isn't that so true? Like we just, 
even though we know there's no magic pill because we can't give it to our patients, like we still kind of like, maybe I need to be on some Synthroid. That would help my energy level. Totally. That's exactly it. I'm like, I'm stressed. I'm tired. I'm exhausted all the time. I'm sure I'm iron deficient. No, my hemoglobin is like 15. I'm sure my thyroid is off. I'm sure I need an additional hour of sleep. And people who know me would laugh because I get like eight or nine hours of sleep a night. I mean, it's ridiculous. And yet I would go through just feeling exhausted all the time, looking for this little magic bullet, if you will. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so you made those external shifts, those things around you, like doing all the things that everybody says to do. But what was the internal shift that really kicked the bucket on overwhelm? Yeah, such a good question. So it was a morning, just like most typical mornings. I was trying to get ready to go to work, filling up my coffee. My my teenager was banging around doing all this stuff and ended up spilling uh, water like all over my bag and my lunch. And I like was huffing and puffing I'm like, goodbye, everybody. You know, not like a loving send off. I just huffed out to my car and I thought to myself, here we go again. This is the circus that I live in. I'm stressed out. I haven't even gotten to work yet. And I just took a deep breath, like we're taught to do. And I thought, okay, here we go. Just get it together. And then I turned on a podcast that I just started listening to. And seriously, it was like the clouds parted from the sky as I was crossing the Mississippi River heading to work. I heard the simple phrase, your thoughts create your feelings. What? To me, it was so freeing. I'm like, you mean I don't have to be stressed out because my daughter spilled everything all over and she's huffing and puffing and I have a full schedule and I'm already late? I thought it was the circumstance that I was living in that was making me feel so stressed. And it was like kind of the secret key that I finally got to hold on to. Like I was feeling all of a sudden so joyous because I realized like, oh, okay, well, this is just my life. But if I want to think about it differently or at least explore what that even means, I'm capable of doing that. And so to me, that was like, or that moment, if you will, when I realized, hey, I don't have to live in this state of overwhelm anymore. I'm creating that myself (laughs) by just being stressed and thinking I have so much to do. I'm always late, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, I always call it the mirror moment. It's like when somebody like slides a mirror up in front of you and like you truly gaze into it and you're like, oh, there that is. Like maybe, maybe I control a little bit more than what I thought I did. Yes, that's exactly it. Because again, I was trying to control everyone around me in order to feel good. Like if my children behave and do exactly what I like and, you know, do their morning chores and say goodbye, mom, I love you, then I can have a good day. (laughs) It's, It's set myself up for failure. If my clinic runs smoothly and my patients are all, you know, well behaved, if you will, and I don't get double booked, then I can feel good about my day. Well, you know what? I was setting myself up to lose a lot of the time. Yeah, because I think it goes back to that like locus of control. Yeah. Like on so many things, we think we have that control and we like white knuckle things that are not even within our grasp. Like we can't control the schedule. It just, it happens. Just what I call like schedule magic. It just, sometimes it goes great. Sometimes it doesn't. But at the end of the day, like you just did your best. Yes. And I think it's the same thing like with our kids. Like at some point, I think every parent has to realize like, I created this little creature, but I don't control it. Like it is its own thing. Yeah. It's so freeing, you know? And I think the the more I was spinning out and feeling overwhelmed and out of control, the more I was tightly trying to hold on to it. 
which I think just fueled that fire. And so taking your own personal experience, understanding and really deep diving into coaching, what are you doing now to help the women around you who are kind of where you were a couple years ago? Yeah, well, I think just number one, I love telling people like what we learned in medical school, so many amazing things about the brain, all the neural pathways, but I don't recall. And we learned about psychiatry, right? Like the diseases of anxiety and depression and all those fascinating things. I don't recall learning just like basic, like where feelings come from. So really for me, just disseminating that information that, you know, the cognitive behavioral model of, you know what, there's a circumstance in your life and then you have a thought about it. And most of them are unconscious. Oh, and by the way, in medical school, we really kind of shifted our view to see the negative, right? Like that's how we save lives. We create a big differential diagnosis. We see the very subtle things we're taught to look for the negative. No wonder in my life, I see all the things that are negative and that's what recycles in my brain over and over these thoughts, which then create these feelings of stress and overwhelm and anxiety. So I really love just normalizing it with other physician moms, just saying like, hey, nothing's gone wrong. You're not broken. We have a human brain and we took our brain to medical school and we taught it to see all the negative things like nothing's gone wrong here. We can retrain our brain. Again, I love telling people like you're not stuck on this land of, you know, island of overwhelm, as I call it forever. Because once you realize how much we learned in medical school and trained our brain to do an H&P half asleep in the middle of the night, we can train our brain differently to react to different circumstances around us. God love neuroplasticity. Yes. You know, it's amazing. I'm like, you guys. Well, the other thing too, that I don't think I really got, and I'm a DO. So, you know, we're a little edge anyway, but I don't think that we were taught the, like the complexity and deepness of subconsciousness. Like, I think it was grazed upon, but, you know, we were more talking about like which gyrus and, you know, neural tracks and that sort of thing. But I think that is something now in like grown up girl land that I think we have to recognize is that, you know, there's a lot happening subconsciously that if you aren't pausing, if you aren't taking an intentional look, like those narratives are still playing in the background and they're still going and they're still going. And then they, yeah, they color and filter your view. Yes, 100%. And once, like you said, with the neuroplasticity, 100%. And it just keeps coming up over and over. And then I figured it out. And then, of course, you know, being the driven, judgmental, you know, of myself, woman that I am, I started kind of beating myself up. Like, well, why are you so negative? Like, and it's not just about like happy thoughts and mantras, because that you know, as we know, that's just superficial. That doesn't work. It's really digging in. Why do I have these thoughts? Where do they come from? You know, is it help, helping me or not helping me in this situation? And then becoming more deliberate. You know, a few years back, I realized that I was going through life and it was like amazing. Life was really good. People would look at my life and say, you've got a family and kids and work and everything is great. And yet I felt like I was on a treadmill and not making really any decisions for myself. And it's not that I was unhappy, but I was just sort of like, is this it? And so I decided, oh my gosh, I have so much more control. Like I can be deliberate. Like, where do I want to go from here? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. That like, there is no finishing. It's always just the, the next journey, the next, and you get to decide, like, do you want to yes. go this path or you want to go towards the ocean? Like what, which way is it that you want to go? And that's been, you know, at first was daunting, but very encouraging for me now. 
Yes. And that the way you explained, like all of a sudden it came to me, it's like, I felt like I was on this treadmill and going and going and going and going, you know what? You can step off the treadmill and find like a beautiful path through the forest or by the ocean. Like, why do we have to stay on a treadmill? I, I never love a treadmill. Even when I run, like I'd rather run in the winter, uh, in the cold weather. So that's a beautiful analogy that you, that you just suggested about finding a different path. And again, I'm still doing medicine. I'm still a mom, but I'm enjoying the journey so much more. Yes. And so for the women out in podcasting world who are listening, who have like done all the things, they've gone to yoga class, they've been juicing, they went and got their TSH check to make sure that they weren't like <laughs> hypothyroidism. They, uh, have read all the books, you know, and, and done all this stuff, what would you encourage her? What would your advice be where to start the, a different path? Yeah, that's so good. I would just say you don't have to do more. The answer isn't outside of you, which sounds a little woo-woo. I'm not really a woo-woo person, but at the same point, when I like got that key that I could be in charge of how I wanted to react to certain things, like it was so freeing and so invigorating for me. So I guess I would just want to tell people like, you're not broken. You aren't a failure and it can get better. Simply. You know, I went through another thing that I didn't talk about, but just like a whole phase of like minimalism because I thought I just need to like get rid of everything. That'll make me my life easier and less overwhelming. And that's not the answer for me. I mean, yeah, sure that helps, but really the answer is just kind of pausing exhaling and saying, okay, this is where I am and taking a look at like, what are the facts of my life? And what's the narrative, the story that I've been telling myself about it? And it's really as simple as that. And just like accepting, number one, the awareness of this is where it is. And this is the story I've been telling, accepting that and not beating yourself up about it. And then this is the fun part, the deliberate part. How do I want my story to go? And then you get to be the creator of whatever it is that you want. Yeah. And that's the great part as it's coming into that awareness. And you just described like the coaching journey so elegantly and perfectly with that. Well, I know I love hanging out with you on Instagram. You are also uh, a member of the Physician Coaching Alliance. And so we hang out there a lot as well, because I truly believe that there is enough room at the table for anyone and everyone who wants to impart on this coaching journey. It's not like an exclusive club. Like, it's like the lunchroom and you can come join us at the table any freaking time. So I'm so glad to have you in that space. Tell people where they can hang out with you more. Yes, thank you, Erin. I just want to give a shout out to you too. You are such a beautiful example of inviting people to the table. And I just want to say thank you. You know, as a new coach last year, you reached out to me and, you know, you said, hey, let's hop on a Zoom call. And I really appreciate that because anytime you do something new and, and start a new adventure, it can be a little bit scary. So to see people ahead of you on the trail and say, you know, hey, come on, join the fun is wonderful. So thank you. Um, where to find me on Instagram? I have a site, mamadoc.lifecoach. And yeah, it's on Instagram and it's super fun. I try to give little tidbits of inspiration and uh, tools to use throughout the week so you don't have to stay in the land of overwhelm. I love looking at your pictures of your kids too. Because, you know, I'm a mom of three. So you moms of four and more, I'm like, oh, my God, how do they do this? And so I see, like, your grown-up teenagers, and I'm just like, oh, I'm not looking forward to those ages. <laughs> but you do it so gracefully. 
Wow. Well, thank you. And I see people with little ones and I think, oh my gosh, how did I ever do that? I don't even remember. It was fun, but I really don't remember because it's, it's a lot of work when those little ones need you. And um, mostly I just say, yeah, it's a pretty fun journey throughout. Every stage has its ups and downs, of course. Keep posting those pictures. Keep posting your encouragement. I love seeing you on your runs because I too love to get out in the wintertime, yes. get a little snow on your shoes. It's fun. And I can't wait to see where you blossom and grow in the future. Well, thank you, Erin. I really appreciate you taking the time today to chat with me. It's been super fun. Thanks, Michelle, so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited to launch you into the podcasting world, and I'm just so honored that you came to do this interview with me for the first time. And I think it's such an important message about creating tribe. I mean, that's what the Physician Coaching Alliance is about. That's what this community is about. That's what Burnt Out to Badass is all about. Because isolation is some of the worst poison of burnout. So the flip side of that, community and connection is the antidote. You know, even years after graduating residency, the one aspect I desperately miss is the camaraderie that I had with my peers. We were a mashed up together group of new doctors who went through several long years together. Can you relate? I bet you can. It makes it sound like band of brothers stuff, but it's true. We went through hell and back again, always watching each other's back. Maybe you've been part of a group like Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Then you moved or changed jobs and feel as no one cares about you. Or perhaps you had a designated spot, like the old guys at McDonald's who drink senior citizen discount coffee every morning and talk about everything and nothing at all. Now more than ever, we all need community. You need a tribe that supports you. You need people who have earned your trust so you can have honest, open, and mutual conversations with. You need to be able to share your burdens and know you will be supported and uplifted rather than cast down or scrutinized. In medicine, we have few places where we can be vulnerable and protected within relationships. I encourage you to find situations where you can peel off the layers and work through the holes that your armor has. Some hospitals, physician groups, healthcare systems, you know, they're setting up book clubs and peer groups and mentoring groups. You know, I talked about the women's group that I helped establish and get going, and they're great. And if you don't have this in your area, why not create it for your own? If not in person, there's definitely plenty of room in the digital space. So who's a part of your tribe? Who's earned your trust and you can speak with them openly with? Or maybe is there a colleague who makes you think, man, I want to be friends with such and such because she seems like someone I would really get along with. There's been a lot of women that have popped into my life that I've thought, you know what? She sends the best consult notes. I must get to know her. And actually, one of my newest and greatest friends is exactly that. She's a bomb ass, amazing neurologist who I knew I just had to get to know. And now we get to walk at lunchtime. And I think it's amazing. And I want that for you too. What keeps you from forming these types of relationships? 
Many times we don't extend the offer of friendship because of the fear of rejection. But I bet the other woman is feeling just as isolated as you are and would love to be your friend and a member in your tribe. So just ask. You don't have to confide your deepest, darkest secrets on day one. Just ask her to coffee or ride together at a meeting or plan a park date with kids. Who knows? Be working next to your future best friend and not even know it. If you're in an isolated area or a very introverted person, don't duck your head in the corner and say, nope, nope, can't do that. With today's technology, you can connect with other physicians just like you through social media, the web, the podcast. I mean, come on. We got the Dr. Me First Patreon group. It is an already curated opportunity planted right there for you. So I invite you to be a part of the group of physicians already invested in their own well-being. So join the group. Make it your tribe because we've got your back. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.